You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 238 of PHP Ugly. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me this lovely evening is John Congdon. What happened to our Trello content? I'm so confused. I'm right out. Hi! (laughs) Why would you be confused? You rarely have Trello content there. I'm not sure. This should just seem like really normal for you. So we were talking before the show. It's going to be a very crazy show today. And one of the reasons why is because nobody really has any Trello cards. I think Tom has a couple of Trello cards. That is not why. That is absolutely not why. His world is also falling apart. So Yes. (laughs) All right. I don't know what you want to get into. Feel free to to get anything you want. I got... Uh, Yeah, I know. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but uh, shame. She is a visceral bastard. No, it's been a a really rough week. Why is that? Rough in a good way or a bad way? Yes. (laughs) Well, how's How's the new job? How's the new job going? Well, okay. So this is is week three of the new job. Mm -hmm. And I started... When do we stop calling it new? I started really digging into some elements of the code that are very difficult and spark that 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 uh imposter syndrome light difficult because you haven't seen code like that or difficult because it's crappy code difficult because it's really good code well then it shouldn't be difficult it's really good code doing very difficult things and that's that's something that I, I've, that's my goal, right? That's my intention is good code doing good things that are difficult. But mm-hmm. when you're faced with someone else's code that is doing that, you get this imposter syndrome nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like, where is, where is the bug? And I'm not sure because this code is beautiful. I get that mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's not uncommon. Yeah. When, I look, when, I, when I look at Eric's code, I feel like that. <laughs> I've never felt that before. That's because you've always been at the top of the the food chain, right? So I don't know if this helps you, Tom. I don't know if this helps you, Tom. Um, We did employee evaluations this week, uh, which is something John and I have been working on. We're trying to get better at managing our team and giving them feedback. Employee evaluations has been one of the things that's been most requested by the employees because they're like, we don't know where we stand with you guys. So Kalen's fired. We haven't fired you yet, so... (laughs) You well, he hasn't had his good. he hasn't had his review, so he doesn't know. Okay, so Kevin's yeah, <laughs> gonna be fired. He's the one we've been holding off on. So yeah, but uh, it was interesting because in our head, like we don't hire junior developers; we hire senior developers. Any, any I, I honestly feel with just about anybody on our team could step into a senior developer position without hesitation. In an organization. And I always find it interesting when we hold our employee evaluations, some of the feedback we get. And one of the things that we got as feedback from one of our longer running employees, uh, like employee. Aren't they, aren't they all run, long running at this point? I, I, I know. I, I'm trying it to remember when. 
I'm trying to remember when they right. onboarded, but that was their concern. They they were they felt like they were suffering from well, they didn't think it was imposter syndrome. I mean, I think they kind of recognized it, but uh, they didn't. They they were losing confidence in how good of a job they were doing. And we're like, or at least I was like, where the hell is this coming from? Like, you've been cranking <clears throat> out the code. You've been tackling some of our most difficult projects, and you know, you're you're killing it. Why is this a thing? Why why are you even? Why are we having this conversation? There are a couple of people on the team I can understand that conversation with, but not this person. Me, me being one of them. Absolutely. Well, okay. You so saw, you saw your employee evaluation, right? So you know, my, you know where you stand. I, I did have the best employee evaluation of them all. I'm just my saying. process to this job was intentionally overselling myself. Well, you're supposed people, to, be, right? Because people kept telling me. I can do this. I'm great at this. And then I've run up against a wall in the code where I'm I'm just like overwhelmed by the complexity. So here's the here's what I think your real, real problem is. It's not the complexity. It might be the complexity, but I don't think that's what your real problem is. Do you want to know? I think what your real problem is you is have your every opportunity to hurt me right now, so please be careful. No, I think your your real problem is you're just accustomed to knowing everything. You're accustomed to right. having a full understanding of the code base. And the fir- this is probably one of the first times in your career that you've come into another code base that's been coded well. And you know you, you've just got to change your pattern a little bit. You can't just expect that you're going to rush in and figure everything out. There's only a few a- absolutely. people. Few absolutely. people so- I've seen do that. John's been one of them. John can go into any code base and put things together. There's and it's freaky weird. There's institutional knowledge, which is fundamental to how quickly a, a a group can perform. And there's sort of the position that I want, which is to establish what institutional knowledge is within the company. And because this is not my code base. I'm kind of terrified. But but you can't establish what institutional knowledge is. It's already there. It's the the knowledge that was there before you got there. So it's going to take some time to learn all the pieces of the code base. And you still aren't going to know it all because I've been in the code base that I work in for nine years now. And there are still people contributing code that I can't review everything because there's too many people. So when I go to look at someone, if I got to take the time to figure it out. And I'm not going to go through that entire section no. of the code to figure out how it all works. I'm trying to figure out where a bug is or where an issue is or why something is acting the way it is. And I'm only Absolutely. going to learn a very small piece of what they did and not be able to grok it all. Absolutely. And and I'm not saying that I should understand this code base from, from ground one. I'm saying that not understanding it is creating these these very specific pains in my head where I want to be in charge. I want to be knowledgeable on this code base, but there are things where I look at them for five hours and I all I get out of it is a headache and it's very difficult. That's un- that's understandable. I do that same thing too. I go and look at some of the, the code written by somebody else that I haven't reviewed, I don't know about and get lost and feel frustrated because I want to be that person that you're talking about. I want to be I want people people to be able to come to me and say, how does this work? And I want to say, oh it's like this. 
Well, so and at the end of the day, I just can't. I just don't. We we talked a lot about we joked a lot about me working for you guys, and it was not a joke, but sure. <laughs> we, I do believe you, there was an you, offer on the table. There was an offer on the table. <laughs> We've communicated a lot about me working for you guys and how that would function. And that wasn't a situation where I was pushing myself. That was a situation where I was. Thanks. You guys, you guys had faith in me. No, no. For real. <laughs> I take that. You guys had faith in we, me. We weren't giving you enough of a challenge. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You guys know me. I wasn't presenting a, 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 a best self-image to you guys. I was presenting myself to you guys, and you knew what I was All capable right. of. And I feel like in my current position, I'm trying to push myself much, much, much harder. Again, thanks. <laughs> if you guys no, would have, I, if I, I, I would have come to work for you guys, I wouldn't have done jack shit. I wouldn't have pushed myself at all. I get what he's saying. I, I have, No, I do too. No, I'm just trying no, to make I, it funny. I I agree with John. If I had if I had gone to work with you guys, I would not have pushed myself as hard as I am <laughs> pushing myself right now okay. because I am trying to set an expectation for myself and for somebody else, whereas you guys already have an expectation for me. So I will say that um, actually, before I became a full time PHP developer, uh, I was in a position where it was. I, the first job I had that I realized, like, kind of what you're saying right now, I had no allies. Like, I had no friends. Fr- wow, from I who got knew, no friends. Got it. Who, who knew me before I took the position. I had nobody who would get my back and say, oh, I know what this what this person's capable of. I, this was a company I went in, uh, a re- very similar to your your situation. A recruiter called me. I'm like, yeah, maybe it's time for a change. Interviewed, went and worked there. And I, I understand what you're talking about. And I know in my particular situation, I I I, I was in this transition period in my life. Is I, I I was tired of sysops. I really wanted to get into coding. Um and you know, I, I was having this complex of there's nothing for me to contribute here at this company, and okay, so it was also that is that IBM. I don't understand that question. No, I didn't work for IBM, but uh, but there was there was nothing for me to contribute, and I don't know. It, 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 I feel like maybe what you're going through, I could have probably stuck stuck it out, but it, I had a lot of other things going on at the time where I just didn't like what I was doing. And once I got this exposure of what it takes to kind of quote unquote, run a company, I'm like, you know, I could do that. Like I would rather code and do my own thing than what I'm doing now, which just didn't feel like it, it fit, but more towards what I think you're facing right now is you're coming to the realization that there's nobody there that has your back. You feel like you're just, you're walking around with a target on on yourself, and eventually somebody somebody's going to see that target and realize, "Hey, this guy's a fraud." Uh, you know, let's shoot the target. You gotta you gotta push that down. I mean, you just gotta it's have so faith hard. in what yeah. you're doing. See, but my question is, how do I do that? So, I've I got six resumes yesterday that I went through, and I I looked at like three of them and just was like, "No, throw them in the garbage. This is not." They're not, they're applying for the wrong position, and it made me think about my resume and 
why am I so charismatic that I just pulled through my, my own <laughs> resume and, or like, is my resume so good that I pulled th- like, I don't, well, this I is, a, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm we, stressed we, out. We say it jokingly, but I honestly feel like John and I started Diego dev because I had the realization nobody was going to hire me. I wouldn't want to work for any company that would hire me as a developer. I was like, that would be such a terrible thing. I, I, I thought, just, we, did, I thought that that we did this whole podcast. I thought we did because it was the whole, those that can do and those that can't hire people to do it. That's right. Yeah. That, that, that's <laughs> well, where we went with it. <laughs> and, and so that's, that's oddly reminiscent of where I'm at is I'm, I'm looking at code and I can understand the, the code <laughs> that I'm looking at is really, really good. Mm-hmm. But fuck, it's hard. I mean, you it's, have friends you can reach out to. You, you you have people you can ping. I I've pinged you several times over the last few weeks, Tom. You specifically, and have said, "Hey, have you worked with this package? I haven't. You yeah. know, give me some info." I have. I mean, either you don't have any faith in me, or or, or you're just not reaching out and pinging anybody because I haven't heard from you. I mean, is there is there like a particular pattern or flow or piece of the code that you're struggling with? Is the person that wrote it still there? <laughs> I'm struggling segueing into Cloudways. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to answer any of these questions. All right. All I right. Do. You do. Well, all right, you do that. Go do the thing you got to do, and then we'll, we'll we'll catch up later. Let's take a moment and thank our sponsor, Cloudways. We bring today's podcast to you in cooperation with Cloudways, a managed cloud hosting platform built for your PHP projects. If you simply wish to focus on your business, Cloudways is the way to go. They take over server management and security and free up time that you can dedicate to growing your business and acquiring new clients. The platform offers a choice of IaaS partners, AWS, Google Cloud, DigitalOcean, Linode, and Vulture. In addition, you get a performance-optimized stack, managed backups, and staging environments where you can test your code before pushing it to live servers. Best of all, Composer and Git come pre-installed so you can get your projects up and running quickly. All this power, simplicity, and peace of mind falls right within their brand slogan, Moving Dreams Forward. Be sure to visit cloudways.com slash en slash php dash hosting dot php today. Sign up using the promo code phpugly and get a $25 credit. Thanks, Cloudways. Thanks, Cloudways. <laughs> so since we just uh, came out of our sponsors section of Cloudways, I noticed you didn't, you didn't comment on on the link i sent you earlier and since we're so low on content i'm just going to add it to the show notes <laughs> but uh cloudways did an interview with me or, or had interviewed me i i got i started reading it it was um it started getting to be a longer read so i just was gonna hold off on it okay yeah yeah but it was good yeah it, it started out great i mean i i like that they were asking more about you and i the beginning, I was like, uh, I didn't know anything about this. <laughs> oh, really? What, what part didn't you know about? I thought we've talked about everything. What no, part no, did I didn't. Know? I didn't know you were doing it. First of all, I, I didn't oh. know you were doing that interview. That's yeah. all I meant. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it turned out good. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I guess you, they do. They they have a whole little 
uh, segment of interviews they did with PHP developers, and they reached out and they're like, "Hey, you know, we've really, we've really enjoyed being a sponsor of yours. We we've been seeing PHP Ugly come up more and more in some conversations. So, you know, we're curious if you'd be interested in, in doing a profile." I'm like, "Yeah, if, you know." At first, I thought it's like you know, profile of everybody, and then they sent me the questions, and I feel bad because I actually sat on it for probably. Probably a week. They, they sent it. The last couple of weeks have been so crazy for me. And I probably sat <gasps> on it for about a week. And Just, uh, saw, just saw your the last question and your answer. And I'm baffled by that. Bastard. Who, whom should we interview next and why? <laughs> well, I could. I, you I are a have, dick. I couldn't have picked any of us because they of already interviewed us. Of course you could have. Us. No, they but, interviewed uh, you. <laughs> you. So uh, I feel I felt bad because I'd sat on this questionnaire for so long, and I'm such an idiot too. I, I do this I do this regularly for uh, PHP Architect. Uh, I send questionnaires out to people. Like we either do a video um, a, a video chat, and then I'll transcribe the video chat. Uh, for my article, or I'll just send send out a questionnaire, depending on where they are in the world. Sometimes that's just easier. So you know now how my, they feel while they're waiting for your response. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my particular practice is that uh, I, 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 I phrase the questionnaire very kind of casual conversation, and then I'll extract, you know, I'll extract what they said, said and, and kind of read through it and, and organize thoughts correctly because not everybody will respond like a nice organized. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of go through the responses and everything. So I, I was I was pretty intoxicated when I decided I needed to get this, <laughs> I needed to get this filled out and back to them. Uh and it, I, I was like it was it ended up being like one or two in the morning when I finally sent it back and yeah you know, I'm thinking Oh yeah, yeah. They'll 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 just proofread all this and it'll be fine. And then it's like, yeah, no, they like that last question, the, the exact question you're talking about. Whom should we interview next and why? I'm like, I thought that was just them looking for a lead. Like, hey, do you have any ideas of anybody else we should interview? I didn't realize that was going to be part of the article because I remember <laughs> I was typing. I'm like, God, I hope John never finds out. No. <laughs> <laughs> You, you know where I got to? I was reading through, and they're asking about the SDPHP meetup. And mm-hmm. it just made me sad. I got there, and I'm like, ah. Right? And me too. You answered, you answered it well in the fact that they asked if we're going to start SDPHP meetups back up this year. And he said, probably not. And you have very valid points of, yes, things are starting to open up more and more. California is going to maskless here in less than a month, where mm-hmm. if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask and things seem to be getting somewhat back to normal, but there's still the fact that meetups need a place to host. And Mm -hmm. if I, if I was running a business that usually allowed outside meetups to use their space at this point in time, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to hold off for a little while longer. Right. Yeah. Why am I going, why am I going to risk anything for my employees? There's no reason to, to extend that service at this point in time. Let's wait mm-hmm. and see where things are at. So I agree. It's going to be a, a ways off, but it still and made I, me sad. Yeah. I, I was even more envious. I, I popped on um, Arizona uh, PHP meetup 
this week, and this I, I I'm not sure if this was going to be their last virtual meetup. I, I think they're going to try to try to do a hybrid uh, for the next couple of meetups. But their plan is to start meeting in person next month. They're like, hey, wow, you know, we've talked to Pagely. Uh, you know, we're going we're going to meet in person next month and it's like damn i'm like i was actually starting to like these virtual kind con- like arizona was one of the ones i try to catch every every month or so um so yeah they're going they're going back to in person I, I, uh, I think i heard of another one going back to in person we have longhorn php which is going to be an in-person conference coming up in october and uh, you know yeah I, it, call, it, call for papers is currently on. open if if you're wanting to give a presentation uh, to a conference, they have their call for papers open currently. Uh, I'm hoping them the best, hoping the best for them. Some phrase like that. Uh, I'm hoping they do well. I'm curious to see what kind of response they're getting. Do they have a lot of people ready and willing to travel to an in-person conference? I'm really curious about that, too. And, you know, when you're putting together a conference, that's like one of those things you you don't you're not always for uh <laughs> Uh, Fort Worth, not Fort. I keep saying Fort Worth. I got Fort Worth in 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 the brain here. You're not always completely honest on because if sales are not going great. You don't want to share that because right. it's like, oh no, sales are great. You know, of, so of course, yeah. It, but I think it's one of those things. If I were honestly, if I were in my 20s, no wife, no kids, probably would go. Mm-hmm. But it, but having kids at home, um. There's no way I'm going to take that risk right now, even being yeah. vaccinated. Well, and, and they're also pretty fortunate where they have a pretty substantial local community who don't really have to get on a plane. I mean, even as far as hmm. three, four hours out is easy drive to, to Austin for a lot of Texans. So. I, yeah, I, I would have thought that for wave PHP too, but LA said, God, screw you guys. Right? I totally <laughs> thought. I remember having that conversation. I'm like, honestly, if all we get are people from San Diego to LA, I think we'll be fine. I don't think we got anybody from LA or San Diego. <laughs> Gosh, man, that was hard. That was that was one of the hardest things. I feel like we did. I feel like we put so much effort into it. I feel like we pulled it off so well, and I, it just yeah, I love doing it. It just whew, it just wasn't embraced so, really. So. I'm hoping the best for them. Hope they they can pull it off and have a, a good turnout. I'm pretty confident they will, and they will be the my uh, my focal point of um, next month's PHP Architect Community is, Corner. Yep. Is it next? I know there was confusion when we talked about it last on our last podcast. So it's going no. to be the June issue. Yep, it's the June issue. Yes, gotcha for sure. So uh, right. Kevin. Brought, brings up an interesting question in Discord, and it, it, it was actually pretty well timed. Uh, so, if you're not familiar with the show, or if you haven't heard us talk about it before, we do have a pretty active Discord uh, channel, and we take requests like during the show. So, before you go down that road, I wanted to know more about your week and how things went. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't, well, we don't need. To, I mean, Kevin, I appreciate the content, but Kevin, I still want to know more. We're gonna to get to it because I already I already shared the uh, the the Twitter link that kind of brings it together. Um, so to finish that thought, uh, discord.phpagley.com. If you're interested in joining, we're in there all week long. We're constantly having conversations. We we have a couple channels that are pretty active. Um, so feel free to pop in there. 
again, when I have issues, I'll just pop in there. I'll I'll be in there on the weekend. We were working through the PHP bot once uh, in the Discord, and people were giving me suggestions and directions and things like that. So I I, I have really really um, grown to enjoy our Discord channel. Mm-hmm. It's been um, it, it's really one of my favorite things with my week. So speaking of my week, thanks for asking, John. Uh, <laughs> very busy week. Um, I owe you a huge debt of gratitude. I, I did for the first time. Did take my iPad with me. I had to go out to Arizona uh, last weekend. My mother and sister were officially moving to uh, another state, and uh, couldn't have been worse timing. I mean, my mom ended up. Uh, she she was uh, she was supposed to have gotten some knee surgery a few months ago and they ended up pushing it out. And so she had just gotten the knee surgery and she ended up in rehab and like, you know, the moment she comes out of rehab, she jumps on a plane to fly out to where they're moving so that she can sign off on the, on the house and, and get the keys and all that. It's just, it was absolute chaos of a week last week at the end, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was just, it was just a madhouse And, uh, so we had gone out there to help them pack up and move. And, you know, moving is never fun. But um, I had my niece and nephew were already there, my sister's kids. And uh, my sister's daughter and her husband. My sister's kids didn't get married. My sister's daughter and her <laughs> husband. Is that still a nephew? Do you still call him nephew if, if yeah. it's a uh-huh. nephew-in-law? Yeah, I call him nephew yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, but they, 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 they're they maniacs. First thing, they, they the job that they have... They moved a lot. Uh, they work in the grocery store industry, and uh, they were they just were moving up the ladder so quickly. And they were in Arizona, then they were in Texas, then they were in Ventura here in California. This is your niece and nephew. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So, so they they were really accustomed to moving. So they got there and they just rampaged the house. I was appreciative because by the time I got out there Friday, they'd basically gotten everything done. Uh, there are just like a couple of small things for me to do. Uh, we had to bring some stuff home on an old piece of furniture. My uh, wife's grandfather made for us when we first got married, things like that. Um, so, so speaking of just speaking of when you got married, happy anniversary. That's true. Yes. I, I <laughs> celebrated, uh, my 32nd anniversary yesterday. So still officially yesterday, uh, May 26th, uh, 1989, uh, the wife and I tied the knot, so she hasn't been able to get away from me yet. Everything's <laughs> she, binding. She, she keeps say. trying, but you keep holding on. <laughs> but I took my iPad out there, and I had set up uh, my SSH tunnel into my desktop, and this has been a big thing for me, because with the, with the idea of being able to go to coffee shops again, maybe working away from the, out of the house for a couple of hours is, you know, something I might want to do. Um, but I haven't been using my MacBook pro. Like ever since I've gotten my system 76 desktop, I've, I've just like, I haven't been touching it and I've gotten such a nice workflow on my system 76 machine. Yeah. I, I start to moan and like, oh, I got to update my laptop for this weekend and that. So John had the idea of, well, you have a extremely powerful Linux machine sitting on your desk right now. Just SSH to that. And I'm like, shit, I got my iPad. There's no reason I can't do that. And so I set up the SSH uh, tunnel and, uh, 
I did it this weekend and, and I had I had since I knew I was I was traveling, I had done it um like the week before. And I started using TMUX. I think I even mentioned on last week's show how TMUX has now become a regular thing with my workflows. And I, I've been even setting up like for each of my clients now, I have different TMUX sessions. And mm. oh, it's just awesome, man. I'm so happy with it. <clears throat> but uh but yeah, when I got out there, all I had was my my iPad. And I didn't have to do any coding. Like I didn't have any pressing deadline where I'm like, I gotta get on, but I had to try it. I'm like, I gotta see how well this works. I gotta see how responsive it is. It was glorious. It was so fantastic. I mean, it was, you know, it it was weird because I'm so used to my Kinesis keyboard, my Advantage 2 keyboard, which is this massive uh concaved um uh what's it that ergo? Yeah, ergo keyboard. Yeah, er- ergonomic, yeah. Yeah, ergonomic keyboard for my big pause that uh, trying to type on my little iPad keyboard was painful. <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine that would have been the same same thing with the laptop. I don't, I don't think that had anything to do with the iPad. And I have the nice keyboard. with I have the iPad Pro with the nice keyboard. Made my SSH connection. I tunneled my, um, my Docker uh, port 80 back. I tunneled my um, MySQL 3306 back. And I had tables on my iPad. Tables has an iPad client. And I had my browser. I had Slack. I had Discord. I had all my normal apps that I run on my desktop, which run native on iPad. And then I was back in my Vim world, baby. <laughs> I was Viming it. And I was loving it. Nice. And I got to tell you, I have a, I have a Vim. I have a Vim ally. I, I somebody reached out to me. Somebody I, I I respect a lot reached out to me and you know caught wind that I, I was complaining about something in in my Vim, and they're like, hey, you know, did you look at this and that? And we ended up doing a Zoom call for probably about an hour and cleaned up my Vim uh, my Vim settings. And I've I've literally been using Vim this entire week. Like did, I haven't. Did, did you push that up to your your repo? Your changes, yeah. I mean, you push your you because you have your VimRC available in your GitHub account, right? Uh, no, not not publicly, not my new one. And it's a good thing too because yeah, uh, they actually pointed out. He said, "Hey, you have your IntelliSense keys in there." Yes, I did too. So you should know that if you ever (laughs) you know make your repo public. But uh, yeah, they they were actually very very helpful. and that's always my my paranoia because I have like I see I see these coders that like upload all their uh, dot files and I mm-hmm. want to do that. I, I think it's very helpful. I use it all the time. You know, I'll go in and, and see how people are doing stuff. But I like I'm tr- I I try to remember not to put like you know secret keys and stuff in my dot files folder. But occasionally, like the IntelliSense one comes comes through where I had actually configured it in Vim and it, it was at uh, command and conquer. I think I configured it through command and conquer. I don't remember exactly how I did it now, but you know, it, it ends up in putting it in a file in my dot what, files. What are the IntelliSense keys? Conquer of commands, conquer of commands. So I, I, uh, I, I pay, I paid for it. Uh, uh, it's like three or four bucks. I forget how much it is. It's some ridiculously low number. But I paid for IntelliS- an IntelliSense plugin for Vim, so that I, I basically, I, it's not basically, it's the same IntelliSense that's in VS Code. I don't know if it's the same one that's in PHP Storm, but it's the same IntelliSense that's in VS Code. 
I just paid the three or four dollar license so that I could have it in them as well. Huh. So it's it works. I mean, it works really well. But I, 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 had, I, I had these. Good. Good. Nope. You had these. I, I I have these other little quirky things going on in them, and uh, they helped me clean it up. And I'm like, wow. And it it worked. Like like I said, the PHP Storm makes me a lazier developer. Okay, <laughs> I got my ass chewed out every way from Sunday from everybody around me on that one. I stand by that though. No, but uh, I it, still disagree. It, um, <laughs> But this week was a perfect example because uh, PHP Storm is something I would lean on heavily when I was working on Livewire components because Vim just doesn't understand Livewire, right? It doesn't get Livewire. It doesn't know how to, how everything is connected. So I would always go back to PHP Storm. So this week, I'm like, no, fuck that. I, I, I got this terminal thing going on. I'm really feeling good. I'm staying in Vim this week with this project. And I worked on it, um, all this Livewire stuff. And it's just like simple things like understanding where the live wire components are being stored because like the jump to file and jump to definition, which is in Vim now with this uh, conquer of commands, you can jump to files and jump to definitions, but it, it doesn't do it with live wire because it just doesn't understand the concept of live wire from a, like a blade template to be able to jump to a file. It doesn't realize, you know, it's pointing to a file or something. So understanding where components are being stored, how things were interacting. It's like, I, I got such a better sense of it because I was using Vim and I wasn't just dependent on, okay, I'm just going to let PHP storm figure this out for me and, and take me to where I need to be. I don't know, man. I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I feel validated with my opinion on Vim. I'm not trying to talk bad about people who use PHP storm VS code or any other IDE. I'm not going to be that person. I swear to God, I'm not, but I feel like I am a stronger developer when I use Vim, I just am. I, I was asking about your VimRC file for a reason. I recently, not recently, I use Vim when I'm trying to do something quick. I, I can get in there. I can manipulate text very quickly with Vim. I can do a lot of search and replace. I can move around a file very quickly. Not necessarily when I'm coding, mm -hmm. but there are occasions when I jump into it. And I realized I don't have a VimRC file on my local machine. So I went in there real oh, quick. Gotcha. Just, mm -hmm. just yesterday or the day before. I'm like, just the stupid, stupid simple stuff like my shift width, my tab stop, my expand tab, the, the super simple things I want where I, I'm so sick of hitting tab and being eight spaces over because it drives me nuts. And it's not even mm -hmm. spaces, it's a tab. So I went to your repo and I went down this stupid rabbit hole. I never actually got to your VimRC file because I'm like, wait, what is this profile thing? How do you have that? What are these GitHub stars things? How do I have that? So now I have a my own John Congdon repo so that I can have my readme MD file because I learned that from you. I now have my little <laughs> GitHub stats thing because I learned that from you. <laughs> <laughs> so I went down this whole rabbit hole over VimRC file that I never actually got to. I, I gotta see what I ha what I have out there public. You know, I bet you I still have one public. I'll, so my goal th this weekend, I don't know if I'll get it done, is to at very least make my Vim. And, and I don't use uh, Vim anymore. I use NeoVim, so it's not a Vim RC file anymore for me. It's an init .vim file, but that, that's it regardless. It's, it, it still translates back and forth. Oh, now I need something new, huh? My uh, my goal this weekend is to get in a position where I'm comfortable. Uh, publishing all my dot files like my tmux my vim 
all my dot files I, I want to get comfortable to publish. I just need to go through to make sure I, I got all the keys out. But at the very least, I think I can at least get my Vim file, my Vim, my current Vim configuration published. So anybody who wants to use it. So that'll so, be my goal this weekend. How does NeoVim compare to Vim? What is the difference here? I, I don't think NeoVim. I, I honestly don't think there's a huge difference uh, I, I, for Vim 8. So Vim has wow. iterated. Uh, so there's Vim 8 that's out, and there's NeoVim, which got forked, went in a different direction. A lot of a lot of the difference is a, a philosophy difference, which we can kind of get into because it kind of plays into things we've talked about. But the people around NeoVim felt like uh, contributors to Vim weren't getting credit. And there was like this gatekeeper in Vim. Uh, I forget the person's name, but he, he seemed pretty stringent on what he what he allowed in Vim and, and how and all this other stuff. So NeoVim, I think, was more of a um, a practice in kind of this just hey, we we want a different governance model around this. And they they did use they they still use it. They initially started using this Lua. Uh, language to do their stuff, so it is it is a different language, but everything translates over. So if you can literally grab your vimrc file, throw it into uh, init.vim file, and everything just works, it's it's fine. But where there I, was there was there was some difference. It, it's really kind of that difference has has narrowed a lot. I just want to say I'm I'm not part of Eric's heresy that there isn't a big difference. The uh, open source community loves just small differences and Eric is being extraordinarily ignorant saying that there's not a big difference. <laughs> okay. There's What's a the huge, big difference? I don't know. What? There's a <laughs> What? You all can't I, all, call me no, out like that. I know there's a huge difference. In like fundamental policy, free as in beer, you you can't just say they're not that different because someone. Well, but they're 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 both open source, and and again, I don't know all the particulars. I'm a I'm a complete consumer in in this world. I've just kind of caught bits and pieces, but they're both still open source. It was just so we have this conversation a lot with Laravel, right? About. Taylor being like this gatekeeper to what gets in, what doesn't get in, and you know the, he'll iterate on stuff that he he wants to get done, but Man, maybe not. I'm already things. in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so it's my understanding of it. It was it was kind of the same thing with the Vim code base as well, and I know the NeoVim people who contribute to NeoVim take great pride in how big the contributor list is getting in NeoVim compared to. Uh, what the contributor list is in Vim. But to kind of bring this full circle, Kevin in our Discord channel uh, asked, hey, uh, what is our opinion on the Laravel ecosystem? And he he referenced uh, a link on Laravel.com. And I thought that was an interesting question at the time (laughs) because Taylor actually tweeted out today he sent out a tweet that says, "Hey, sometimes I see people use me as a uh, me and a few others as an example of solving the open source sustainability problem." He says, "I don't think I have. I built an entirely separate business around an open source product. So now I manage two things: an open source product and the business." Th- this actually almost echoes something. Again, my ally and I were, were discussing of. Uh, so with Laravel and the release cycles with Laravel and how quickly releases come out, the thing I kind of had mentioned because we were having a conversation about it 
was that uh, I think in in Taylor's opinion, and this is just me, I don't know. We I haven't had this conversation with Taylor, but I think one of the things Taylor thinks is, hey, I use Laravel more than anybody. I have businesses built around the Laravel framework all over the place. I know Laravel probably better than anybody. So if I'm okay with these releases, why wouldn't everybody else be okay with these releases? I think I, you I mean think Symphony. Thing. Huh? Huh? Taylor uses Symphony more than anyone else. There are a lot of people that use Laravel more than Taylor. Well, I, okay, maybe, maybe. But but to Taylor's point and to address Kevin's kind of conversation, uh, yeah, so Taylor has built several products on his open source framework that aren't open source. I understand that you're trying not to upset me, but I'm, I'm so upset at Laravel right now. Again, what did, what did I miss? What are you upset about? It's I'm, I'm stuck with telling my boss that I have to have Laravel updated every week and my boss telling me, well, okay, that's, that's a DevOps thing. He's going to, it's going to have to be on his schedule. Mm Mm-hmm. That should not be the case. Every week we have to do regression testing for the the security fixes plus the 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 two new things that are being integrated into the system. I, I if you have unit tests around your code, you should be fine. Should but be. It's, yeah. It, if you are <laughs> unit testing your code, you should be good to go. But what I saw <clears throat> in the last two months was. Uh, SQL injection vulnerabilities and authentication vulnerabilities that allowed you to, if you just, if you knew, if you knew it for the last four years, it was there that let yeah, you but log that's, in that's as that's anyone. That's true. That's true. Any fucking framework, any code, mm-hmm. th- there are vulnerabilities that are available that you don't necessarily know about. They were patched. You got an an update. If you have s- proper CI/CD in place and you have proper tests around all of your code, it should be a matter of put it through the test, your test pass, you should be confident in releasing. Absolutely. And and at my new position, a hundred percent we have unit testing, functional testing, CI C D that gets that shit done. But at my old position, I'm starting to see where the cracks were and I didn't know it because we weren't a Fortune 500 or a top uh, a, a top income earner or whatever. The Laravel wants to cast itself as an artisan's toolkit. I'm sorry, Eric. You're so upset right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm honestly not. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's a stupid cat. Is 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 you, you don't you don't even want to know half of what's going on. What's my my issue? He's got, is, he's, he's got a new kitty. Do you know the I kitty's know, name? Uh, what? It's like control shift semicolon Q bang. <laughs> Can't no. get rid of it that easy. The the <laughs> the kids and wife named him Bug. I guess this is a D and D thing. Oh, Are that's you a right. no. person? Yeah, Bugabear. Bug you bear. called him Bugabear. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, there's this Bugabear thing, and so they're like, we're calling him Bug. I'm like, then I shall call him Feature. <laughs> and I had, I had to explain. You're supposed it. to laugh to at that. Yes. I don't know. And, and he sits on your keyboard and introduces lots of new bugs. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, look at this is where he's at right now. This he he's probably like he he uh, always uh, uh, needs uh, uh, to uh, be uh. held. Oh, did I wake you up? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. He's. I, I've never had a cat that that wanted to be held as much as this cat. 
It's the weirdest. And I don't even like cats. I mean, I don't have a problem with cats. Go ahead. Aside from Eric's cat, when I have a ticket that has a spelling error on a page and I see another spelling error on that page, I have to introduce a new ticket to fix that other spelling error because our review system... Seriously? Our, the, the regulatory system <clears throat> that manages my company says we have to know why these tickets are changing. We have to compare every pull request with every story in your epic. Oh, that would be, that'd be so annoying. It is. Mm-hmm. However, it makes sure that foreign code doesn't just make itself into the system. It's annoying, but it's effective. <laughs> but then there's the weekly update of Laravel, where we are bringing in untested, brand new, possibly backwards breaking code. Uh, you guys don't want to hear it, but it's it's driving we- me insane. It's it, it was bad at my previous company. It's much worse here. It's driving me crazy. Well, and you're the person that needs to fix it. That's all. But he's and- not allowed to fix it. All right, off of Laravel. I've, I've been way into event sourcing this week. I've been absolutely loving it. The end. No. Are you are you uh, using packages or anything like that? Or are you just doing it old I'm, school? I am using event sauce. I mean, it's well, been okay. it's been part of the code base. We are using it for various things. I'm actually using it to retrofit existing code, which I thought was going to be impossible to do. It seems like that would be a. It seems like that would be a pain in the ass with event sourcing. It, it is, but what I've worked out is a way to retrofit. So it's going to be done in stages. The first stage is getting the events just being fired and and stored. At the same time, I happen to be projecting to brand new tables that have the same structure as existing tables, so that at the end of a process, I can compare old tables with new tables and say, I'm getting all the events and I'm projecting the data correctly. Okay. So, so this here, does... here's where I, I need clarification. What do you mean by events? Okay. That's a good question. So in event sourcing, you, you have an, an aggregate route. You have something you are modeling. Let's, you could use, have a user that you are modeling. And then every single thing that changes, changes the state of that model, that aggregate is done through events. Your events are user was created, email address was updated, whatever, you know, any other piece of data that changes the state of that record and you store the events. And then later when you say, give me this user, you have two ways of doing it. You can say, ask the aggregate route, Hey, give me a user with this UUID and it replays all of the events to reconstitute the state of that object or that model. The other way is as as the events are happening, you project them to a table and that becomes your read model. I'm going to this table now, which will give me the current data. I'm going to go to this cache to get my data. I'm going to go to this document store to get my data. And the beauty is you can project to multiple places. So I can project over here to where I'm going to do my authentication. And I can also project over to another document store where I'm going to do these hard searches. Maybe it's a, a specific search database. And now you have the events so that you can replay them at any point in time and figure out how, where did things change? When did they change? Why did they change? Who changed them? And to me, that's the the major thing. What changed? When? Why? Who? And could also be how, like, was it an API request? Was it a web request? Was it 
something else. You could also blow away your projections and reproject to fix your state That's because cool you should never be up. Uh, yeah, because you should never be updating your table. Go for fix, it. Fix your state sounds like remodeling. So let's say let's say you you set up a read model, and I'm using user. Let's go with a, another scenario. The the project that I work on has millions of rows in a contacts table, and it's constantly being searched. Updating an index on a table takes forever. What? Yeah, if, I, I did it. I did it for two weeks once. Right. What if instead you create a completely new table that you're not using yet? You reread in every single one of your events, reproject them to this new table with the proper index, and then you start using that that table in place of the original table. It's a matter of changing your model to say, hey, instead of going to my contact table, I'm going to go to my contact better search table, whatever you name it. It's just one of the benefits of event sourcing. The fact that I am able to retrofit it into legacy code is what's most appealing to me. Mm-hmm. I I can get the events, I can project them so that I can prove that my before and after doesn't change without really affecting existing code. So that's a huge scary thing when you're changing code that you, you're relying on to to run your business. So what we decided to do is do it in steps where there would be an event slash command to do something. Instead, we're just projecting the event and that event is getting stored and projected into a temporary table. The The next goal is compare the two tables, which obviously I'm doing in development, but we would do it in production and say, hey, there's no difference here. Things are projecting properly, which means we're at least getting the right data within our events. And I'm also mm-hmm. getting more data, which is beautiful. I'm like, I'm storing data that we don't currently know we need. Mm -hmm. The next step, replace the existing code that's not well tested with a command that says, hey, I want to do X. The aggregate is responsible for making sure it's allowed to be done. You then have a command that will do said thing, which is now I can now test, which I currently can't test in the legacy code base. It's just a a huge pain in the ass. I have a command that now does the thing. It projects the events, which I already know work. So now all I got to do is replace existing code with the command that does the work and things should be golden. So it's a phased approach to retrofit event sourcing into legacy code. Do you have a specific use case for using event sourcing or are you just implementing it for, I don't know, certifications or something no that's a great question we are adding functionality to phone burner currently it's always been an outbound product Mm -hmm. and now the functionality to add inbound is coming in the way that those two pieces work are so vastly different but at the end of the day they're all phone calls right Mm -hmm. so inbound is a completely separate module within the system it's handled differently it's got a different set of events outbound has no events currently and that's what i'm retrofitting the events the outbound portion of it the goal is take the events from inbound and outbound project Mm -hmm. them to a new place that says here are all the calls that eric has been a part of your inbound and your outbound here's how we're going to do reporting here's how we're going to do billing like Everything else can be now handled off of the projections from both of these Uh, systems. mm -hmm. So there is a huge benefit in that piece, not just the trying to fix legacy crap. Like Mm -hmm. 
just in the the little bit I've done in the past month, I'm like, hey, my events now have more data than our table currently allows for. So I could tell you not only this ID, but I could tell you what the name of that was at the time that it happened. So if somebody goes and changes something, I can tell you a little more information. And to mm. me, that's huge. Mm. Like having the data, the, the state that the the system was in at that point in time is is priceless. You know what else is priceless? This is probably a good spot to mention our other sponsor, Honey Badger. And we took steps this week to do them some justice. So let's we, let's we give did. Honey Badger a thanks. This episode of PHP Ugly is sponsored by HoneyBadger.io, the web developer's secret weapon. HoneyBadger offers exception, uptime, and cron monitoring all in one place, and it is easily installed into your web application. Deploy with confidence and be your team's DevOps hero. Their list of features can fit a team of any size. Are you just starting out? Have a fantastic free plan for life that you can use while your traffic is low. Are you an established business? Perfect. You should have a system in place to alert you to errors in real time, not finding out when your web visitors complain, if they ever do. In addition, their third-party integrations will let you connect some of the most commonly used alerting services so that you can know at a moment's notice if things go wrong. Head over to honeybadger.io to sign up for a free account to get started. And while you are listening to a PHP podcast, HoneyBadger supports so many languages, including Ruby, JavaScript, Elixir, Python, Go, and so many more. Head over to honeybadger.io and start your trial today. Thanks, HoneyBadger. Thank, Thank you, you Honey Badger. Oh, we're just jumping right into Patreons. We we do have a new Patreon. Oh, we missed them. Dream Up. Dream Up is a new new Patreon this week. Now we got to wait for the name to come back around. I am getting Thanks, personally attacked by John for being drunk. <laughs> that was done without with not being on the air. <laughs> well, now it is. How do you feel I, I, about I, that? I, I, for the record, he wasn't upset you were drunk. He just mentioned you might be too drunk. <laughs> that, that is a good point. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, I, I think it's important John, to... John had his wasted high episode, which we really should have. <laughs> we really should have just taken that one. I got to go back through and find that one. I don't just remember two, where that two was. Two hours of silence quoting John. <laughs> Just John with glass eyes looking at the camera. <laughs> Asking if we're done yet. I don't think and this then, is for me at all. <laughs> and now we have Tom no. just drunk off his ass episode. I'm not is, I, okay. I'm not drunk off my ass. I'm I'm stressed. And I think it's important to recognize that when you're Committing yourself to self-improvement, there are going to be very, very, very stressful. Hey, there's Dream Up again. Life. Thank you for dream up. a new Patreon. <laughs> thank, thank you. You can probably come off the Patreon page now. Rolled a couple times. I. You're doing great, Tom. <laughs> thank you. I forgot my. I lost my glasses. There they are. <laughs> no, it's stress is a part of. This career choice, uh, John and Eric have chosen to run their own company doing web development, which is stressful in uh, a very understandable way. You're, you're not especially just, in 2020, right? You're not just mm, handling code; sure. you're handling people, business, and the the love that you have for software development. And it's important to me that uh, I reflect that my stress is that I love what I do. Yes, it's 
very difficult and there's going to be very hard times. You could have been less stressed if you worked for us. I'm just saying. I mean, the offer's not there anymore. It was at one point. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you get way too freaking hammered for us, man. <laughs> but my, my goal, I'm, I'm in a very unique position. My goal is to be the person in charge. And when you're given that opportunity, you're not given it just as cards in hand. They're, you're being told to take this opportunity. I'm trying to make the best of being in a new coding environment and, and software that I don't necessarily understand, but establishing best practices. And yeah, it's it's real stressful, but it's absolutely worth it for me. It is. Good. You'll, you'll awesome. get through it. Yeah, you'll get through it. And then, you know, the teenager stuff. Uh, <clears throat> my oldest son is a high school graduate as of Wednesday. Cool. It was a congratulations. Very, is a very close call. One of my kids is a college graduate as of today. I mean, technically magna they cum, graduated. Magna cum laude. Whatever that means, yeah, magna cum laude. I know <laughs> what it means. It means it with honors and all that. But yeah. Uh oh, who's that? Not it. Not me. I've rena- I've renamed my dog to Nothing Is Easy. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so when your kids your graduated. Son- well, Eric, you have two fully you have two fully graduated children. That's correct. I have one graduated child and two 17-year-olds who are embarking upon the concept of was embarking being an adult. on purpose. Yes. <laughs> John, you have little adorable wonderful children. And they're going to stay little and adorable forever. Forever. I- I told my I told my four year old I would give him a dollar if he didn't turn five in July. He told me no. <laughs> he didn't want my dollar. I will pay I will pay thirty dollars. <laughs> Just raise that raise that money up a lot more. Don't All right. Yeah. I feel like I feel like we need to start wrapping this up. I feel like we're running long here. I'm not so sure, but uh I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this show's going on forever. I don't know, it could just be me. <laughs> It is it is running long in the tooth. Uh. <laughs> Tom, do you have something else you want to say? I, I don't like doing this show sober. I got I got to be honest with you. This I didn't drink tonight, and this kind of sucked. Now, now I know. Now I want to know why that is because you never do the show without a drink. I drank pretty hard at lunch today, and I just didn't <laughs> wasn't in the mood to drink again. Me too. So I oh, I, uh, with your daughters graduating, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we uh we went went out for lunch, and we have a tradition in our family for all like major events. We do shots of Jameson and had a few drinks. So I I, I was good. I was good, and I was just coming off the the the, the drunkenness and sobering up. And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to go back down right now. I I gotta keep it keep it out. Well, I mean, nothing's going to beat that fourth birthday party. And uh, Thomas has clearly drank enough for all of us tonight. So, <laughs> you know, all right, you ahead. know, dynamically scoped classes. Uh, <laughs> Buttery, we have done shots of Jameson for breakfast. It has this been a year. Rough one. for for the for the kids' birthday. I have twins, and for their birthday, we took them out to this uh, breakfast republic which is a really nice breakfast place we have, and they serve alcohol. And so 10 o'clock in the morning, 
we're doing shots of Jameson because that's how we roll here in SoCal. God, that just sounds like wave PHP all over again. <laughs> all, all right. right. I think that's it. That's that's we're gonna it. wrap it up. This has been episode, episode two hundred two hundred thirty-eight. Twenty-eight. <laughs> thirty-eight. Two hundred and thirty-eight. I don't know anymore. I'm so lost. <laughs> this is probably our last episode with sponsors. You, you guys should all be very aware of this. <laughs> we want to thank everybody who's who's stuck with us this long. Uh, I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. <laughs> Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. Keep it ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me. Shouts out to PHP, the ugly. It's called ugly cause it's not professional. But I'm about to come through and bless it with style. So let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room. Yo, the segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom. That came from Thomas. Yeah, can nobody go beyond this? I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise. Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish. We talking about the PHP, the programming language. About to break it down, no exaggeration. What do y'all do for a living? Web applications. Okay. I can dig it, my words spray tight Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights Yeah, when it comes to rhyming You can call me the new dude I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube So let's get it, you know my lyrics are major All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing Keep it ugly, we ending every show With the saying it's lovely, let's go Yeah, come on